All right, turn your Bibles. We're going to be back where we were this morning in John 6. And when I get done, I'm afraid you'll think, boy, this is the same thing you preached this morning. It's not exactly. But uh, I just want us to hear what, what God's Word says and, and how this applies to our church right where we're at right now. So let's all stand as we go to God's Word, beginning with verse 1, chapter 6 in John. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, and a great group of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. Then Jesus went down up, up on a went then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, "Have the people sit down." There was plenty of grass in that pla- there was plenty of grass in that place, and the man- men sat down, about five thousand of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, "Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted." So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they were intended to come to make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. A few years ago, Cindy and I got to go to the Sea of Galilee and got to see the kind of place kind of the place where they think this happens and it's this big green side of the hill and it's really something else and it's interesting though that when it says that he could withdraw himself to a mountain there's a lot of places where you could hide real quick in there and so it's just interesting when you see that the place where it was and you would if there was this many people it would have just filled up the whole side of the mountain it would have been something else but the way that it is, he could stand at the bottom and talk and they could all hear him. And so it's, it's just interesting the, the, the way that this all happens and, and, and the way that it, that it looks when you, when you get to see it. It's just, it's just kind of interesting. And I know I can't paint a very good word picture, but it was just interesting how this happened. Let's pray. Father, I pray tonight that you would speak to us and that we would hear you. And that your word would uh, enter into our hearts and we would seek to be the people that you've called us to be. And Father, you know all things and you know all of our hearts tonight. And I just pray that you would have your way in each one of us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The story is mentioned in all four of the Gospels. If you look at the first part of this uh, of this story, it'll have, it'll have it where it's mentioned in Matthew and Mark and Luke. And in many of the stories, 
about Jesus that, that have stories in, in many, not, not this particular story, but in many of the stories that you read about Jesus, the stories tell that people were there and he meets and they meet with Jesus and Jesus says things. And you can look at the things that he says and you can pull out lots of truths and things like that. And sometimes in these stories, there'll be portions of the sermon that Jesus spoke. And there will be things that he says, and, and we talked just a few weeks ago, Jesus said something, and the disciples didn't understand, then he asked them, and then they asked him if, if, if he would uh, take it and, and, and show them what, what it really meant. And so in, throughout the four Gospels, you see different times where there's, there's portions of when Jesus met here, and this is what he said. Jesus was here, and this is part of the sermon that he preached. Jesus met somebody here, and, and there was something that he said there. And sometimes in these stories, you, you'll see that, and you'll be able to hear that, and we'll be able to read what was into, uh, read and understand what was on Jesus' heart. And we love to see those red words and see what Jesus said about different things. And this miracle is one where there's a lot of people there. And we talk about the miracle a lot. It's, it's one of my favorites, one of my absolute favorite miracles. Uh, last uh, spring, we watched the Jesus film with the kids uh, during Holy Week. And this particular uh, story is shown there. And, and Jesus just starts breaking. And all of a sudden, it just shows basketfuls of fish falling and, and, and bread everywhere. And the people are just like, what is, you know, and I can just, you know, in my mind, uh, I can just see it just keeps, can you imagine how much it would take to break enough bread for 5,000 people? I, I don't think it was just like, okay, okay. I think it was just, you know, I've said this several times, but I think it was just, it was just, you know, can you imagine how long it would take to get bread and fish for 5,000 people? You know, when we used to do the fish fry, it takes all day just to cook for, you know, two or 300 people. And he is there, and out of this one man comes all of this bread and all of this fish, and they're taking it and carrying it to people and taking it and carrying it to people. And this was quite a job to feed 5,000 people. That's almost the population of Marshfield. And think about it. When we do a dinner, we have sign-up sheets and set-up. When we do funeral dinners, we have sign-up sheets and people come and, and we're always trying to make sure we have enough food for those kinds of things. And it takes a lot of planning. Jesus caters a meal with no notice whatsoever for 5,000 people. Probably way more than that, but 5,000 is what they talk about. And so when we think about this, you would think that uh, with, this, with this meal... That with all these people there, and they're all listening because all, all of them have seen that this meal has come from basically nothing. You think that Jesus would have spoken something to the crowd that someone would have written down. You would have think, well, he's got 5,000 people there. Jesus is going to say something profound. Jesus is going to say something that we need to write down and we need to hear. And if you have a crowd of 5,000 coming, you really want to bring your A game. You know, if you've got a crowd of 5,000 and they're going to sit down and eat and you're going to have their attention for a little while, then I, in my mind, I would think, 
Boy, you want to say the best thing that you can ever do. Last year when we was doing the, the turkey giveaway, I, was, I worried about that message for weeks. Because I knew that we would have people here. And, and in my mind, I was, I was thinking like what I'm talking about tonight. We're going to have a lot of people here. And they're going to be a captive audience because we're locking the doors and they can't get out. No, it wasn't like that. But we're going to have a lot of people here. And, and in my mind, I thought, and they need to hear what God wants to say. And, and, and they did. And I wanted them to. And I, I remember the, the week before, before that. I mean, I was fasting and praying. And I would wake up in the middle of the night and just read God's word. And I would just, I, I couldn't hardly sleep. And you can ask Cindy, and I, I sleep. I, I, when, it, when I lay down, I, I go to sleep. And I was having trouble going to sleep. And when I'd go to sleep, I literally would wake up in the middle of the night and I was just praying because, because this, is, this is the place where you want to bring the best that you've got. And I prayed and fasted and I don't know if it was the best I had. It was the best I could. It was what God gave me. It was the best that I could do. But you would think that it would be really really important that the message would be really really important so i thought that in this story that jesus uh in the in, you know when he was doing the first annual bread and fish giveaway you would think you know i'm sure he had banners all up and down you know bread and fish giveaway call or text and we'll get you signed up for the bread and fish giveaway but it wasn't that way at all but you would think if he's going to have the great bread and fish giveaway that he's going to bring some kind of a sermon. That it is going to be really, really good. And he would have great meaning. And that gobs of people would come to know the Lord. And the gospel writers would be there. And they would remember what happened. And on that day, when so much stuff was going on, when all this great miracle was happening, that they would surely remember the great words that Jesus spoke that day. And do you know what all of them wrote down? All of them but Luke. You know what they wrote down? They all wrote down the same thing. Matthew, Mark, and John all wrote down the exact same thing. You know what it was? Nothing. They didn't write anything. They didn't write one thing that Jesus spoke that day. Luke is the only one that wrote. And this is what he said about this great day when you have all these people there. Jesus is getting ready to, to give out all this food. It's, it is a banner day. It is the great fish and bread giveaway. The first annual great fish and bread giveaway. And Jesus says this. This is what Luke says. He spoke to them about the kingdom of God. Really? That's it. That's of all the writers, of all the ones that was given a, a, a play-by-play about what Jesus was doing on this great day, I mean, he said, he said more stuff to the woman at the well than they've got recorded, and that wasn't no big deal. I mean, she, was a, she wasn't even a woman. She was a woman, and nobody spoke to her at all, and yet Jesus gives profound truths to her. Yet when he has the great fish and bread giveaway... Nobody writes down a single thing that he said that day. And I was wondering about that. I wonder why 
that was. They, uh, the rest of the writers didn't even write one thing. They had this huge gathering, and, and they didn't really say what he said at all. They just said that he spoke about the kingdom, but they didn't say what he said. And as I was reading this, it seems to me like on this day that the feeding of the hungry and the healing was of the sick was the most important thing that day. The main goal on this particular day was to take care of physical needs. And I know I talked about that this morning. And on that particular day, we don't see a whole lot of spiritual awakening or, or spiritual work going on. We don't hear of many people flocking to Jesus and following. We hear about sick people getting healed and hungry people getting fed. And we also see Jesus testing his followers. What are we going to do here when he... Uh, what, what was going on here was, was Jesus was meeting physical needs, but he was also testing the followers. And we talked a little bit about this this morning. In Matthew, it says that this is how great the disciples were. This is how wonderful the disciples were. They wanted to cancel the great fish and bread giveaway. You know what they said? This is, send them away. Send them away. This is too, this is too much. We can't do that. There's no way this is going to happen. Send them away. They're, on the, they're right on the verge of the great fish and bread giveaway. And the disciples say, this is too hard. We don't want to do it. Does anybody ever feel like that on the great turkey giveaway? <laughs> I mean, there's some times when we're trying to get everything going and it doesn't quite fit together and things don't... You'd be like, this is just, it'd just be easier if we had church that afternoon. You know, you know what we used to do on the afternoon before Thanksgiving? We'd all come together as a church and eat Thanksgiving dinner together. Man, that was fun, wasn't it? We'd all come and eat turkey and stuffing and, and, and eat, and then we'd talk and eat, and then we'd talk and eat some more, and we'd eat turkey, and I'd, oh, I always smoked, man, I smoked a ham, and we'd bring it. Mm. That's way better than the great turkey giveaway, isn't it? That's way more fun. That's about us, man, and what we get. And that we're kind of like the disciples. Wouldn't it be better if we just sent them away and let's go back and eat turkey and eat pie and make it about us? But that's not what God has called us to. And I'm not saying any of you are that way because I've never heard anybody say, hey, let's do away with the great turkey giveaway. I'm just... But I just wonder sometimes if we get in, and I, and I do sometimes, I'm just like, this would be easier if we just didn't do some stuff. I know you're never that way. But sometimes I'm like, it'd just be easier if we didn't do this. And this is where the disciples were. They are on the verge. I mean, they're right there. In just a few moments, Jesus is getting ready to explode with food. They are right there. And the disciples says... I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. It's too hard. I don't see how this is going to work. I can't see 
what you're getting ready to do, it doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. You've got one boy and five loaves and two fishes, and what you're trying to do doesn't add up, so let's just quit. Let's just be done. Because I can't see it. You ever been there when you can't see what God's getting ready to do? I have been. I can't see it. And I beg for God to show me. What are you get? Wouldn't it have been wonderful if he had just said, hey, look, bring me those five loaves and two fish. I'm getting ready to explode with food, okay? It would just be easier if God would just say, this is what's getting ready to happen. This is what's going to happen. And, and just wait just a second, and it's going to happen. But he always makes us have faith. And we count, and we take inventory, and we say, I'm sorry, I just don't see it. I don't see it. And let's just be done with it. This is kind of where I'm at. They weren't seeing the results. They weren't seeing what they thought should happen. I've had several churches call me since we did our first great turkey giveaway. I've met with boards of churches. They call me and we do, uh, what is it, conference calls. And they'll say, well, what kind of results did you see? You know, did you have a lot of people get saved? And I'll say, well, no. We had some people come to the altar. Did you have, I guess you had lots of people come to your church. We had some. I guess you had lots of people stay. They all stayed, didn't they? Well, no. No. Floyd did. Floyd's sitting right down here on the front row, second row. Floyd stayed. Sure, I'm glad you're here, Floyd. We was, in, we was in prayer meeting the other night, and Floyd just prayed one of the most beautiful prayers I ever heard. You know, if the only person that stayed was Floyd, that'd be worth it to me. Because I like Floyd. Floyd is faithful. Floyd told me the other day, he said, this is my church. I love this church. Well, that's pretty good, pretty good return to me. But we want to see, are we getting anything from this? Did, did you get people to be part of your church? Did you get to put people on your report? And I hope that we are see, seeing people stay, and we have had people stay, and we rejoice in that. And... I have people now that I see around town that, that I know now that I didn't know before. And I meet them and I see them and, and, and they come to church every now and then, but, but we have a, a little bit of a relationship. 
We have a relationship with a family, and, and uh, they don't always come, but every now and then they'll drop in, and man, I'm always glad to see him, and I talk to him on the phone every now and then. And his family's doing better than it was last year, and, and our church has a big part in that. But they don't come all the time. But if they hit a hard spot, this is their church. This is the only church they know. But I don't get to write them on a report or anything like that. And sometimes we wonder, is, it, is, it an, is, that, is that enough? I want to ask you, is it not enough that on the 22nd people are going to get fed? On this day that is talked about here in John, apparently it was enough that people just got fed. On that day it was enough that people got fed. It was on that day it was enough that people got some physical needs taken care of. And the test was to the followers, is that going to be enough? Are you going to believe that I can do this? And I find myself... To be a little bit like Philip and Andrew. These days I find myself taking inventory. I can't keep my glasses on and I can't read without them. I find myself looking around our church and the inventory is different. And I wonder if it's enough. I look at what we've lost as we've started our new church. And I know nobody here does that, but I do. And sometimes my attention goes to what we don't have anymore. Thinking about what we used to have. Thinking about the way it used to be. And I have to write on a report every month. And I have to look at that board out there every month. And it's a big difference. And our teens come to church on Wednesday night and they go to a youth group that's way different than it used to be. And I wonder if our teens are taking inventory and they look and say, this is different. And I'm not upset and I'm not mad. I'm just saying the truth that this is where we're at as a church Take an inventory. And our kids, their friends are, 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 are doing what God has called them to do. But you get around and you start saying, wow, the people I've gone to church with my whole life are not here. And I think we've got several kids that at this time are taking inventory and saying, God, 
I know that you have great plans, but I'm counting and looking, and I don't see it. I can't see what you're doing. And maybe we're that way too. I, I look... I look at things and I say, God, this doesn't seem like it's working very well right now. And if you start taking inventory and you start focus on what you have instead of what God can do, you're going to be like the disciples and you're going to say, let's just stop. And sometimes we add up all we have and we try to do it without God. And Philip and Andrew added up all they had and they said, with what we have, it can't be done. And I don't want to be like Andrew. And Andrew was like, if we just had this, If we just had this, then I could see how it was going to work. If we just had this, then I could see how it worked. And in the church, we got to be careful because we see what other people have or we see what other churches have, and it's always this way. No matter how big you are or how big you get, you look and you see, if we just had this, then we could do this. If we just had this, but looking at what we have, it doesn't seem like, and if we just had this and, and Andrew goes, if we had so much more money or if we had this much more wages, then we could do it. If we only had this. And we need to remember that it is always whatever we have plus God. It's always whatever we have plus God is enough. And church, I want to tell you something. We need to be really careful about taking inventory. When we look and just see this is what we have, and this is the skills we have, and this is the people we have, and this is the money we have, and this is what we have. And if we just concentrate on the inventory, you're going to get in trouble of missing what God has for you. And I'm going to tell you, I've made up half of this sermon as I've gone along because this is what the Lord has spoke to me as I've been going through here. And this is for me. If it's not for anybody else. We need to be grateful for who we have and we need to be grateful for what we have. And God has called us at this time. We are starting a new church and we are glad about that and we are proud of that and we're going to praise God in that. And then we need to look around and we need to be glad and grateful for who we have here. And we need to be thankful for the people that we set by and we need to be thankful for what God has given us. And we need to say, God, 
where we are. I really, I'm taking inventory. I can't see it. But I read in your word that when we join with you, that everything we have plus you equals the impossible is done. And church, we need to believe that. I need to believe that. And I know where we're at and where our church is at. It's just the natural thing to turn a little bit inward and say, God, I don't see it. But we have got to, we have got to say, God, this is what we have. But what have you got to put with it? Because we see in this story, they didn't have much of anything. And when God added to it, it was spectacular. You know, we got a lot. I would never say that we don't have much. I look around here, we got talent running out our ears. We got good, faithful people everywhere I look. Everywhere I look. I see talented, good, faithful people who want to do what God wants them to do. And when you take inventory, we've got way more than five loaves and two fish. Way more. We got, except for Mark. You know, if we can get rid of Mark Arthur, we know. The only reason I said that, because Mark Arthur was back there going, yeah. <laughs> we do. We're way, we're way, we got about 15 buckets of chicken we're way above five loaves and two fish we're doing good and satan and satan would get us to concentrate on what we don't have or where we were and you know you were here and now you're not now look at now how are you ever going to get back well we got there one time we can get there again and go past there don't you hate it when somebody tells you you can't do something? I hate it when Satan tells me I can't do something. The other night, my wife told me I couldn't do something. We were, going, we were headed to bed, and she was yapping about something. And she was just trying to get me going about something. And I said, I said you better check yourself. I said, or I'll kick you in the face course i was just joking and she just laughed she said i said what's so funny she said couldn't kick me in the face i said shoot i'll go billy jack on you i said i'd kick you in the face so we went to bed and we was laying there we probably been in bed and we was talking we probably been there 30 minutes and i was just getting ready i turned over and i was getting ready to go to sleep i feel the bed just shaking and I said, what is wrong with you, woman? And she said, I'm just laughing, thinking about you kicking me in the face. <laughs> oh, it jumped all over me. And I threw back the covers. I said, get out of bed. Get out. I said, I can kick you in the face. And she said, you're not going to I said, I'm not going to kick you in the face, but I'm going to show you I can kick as high as your face. <laughs> I said, get out of bed now. And she goes, are you serious? I said, get out. I said, I can't sleep like this. I said, I know I can do it. 
I know I can. I said, get up. And she's just hee-hawing by then. So she rolls, you know. And I'm so fat I could barely get out of bed. I just, get, come on, come on, you know. I got my pajamas on. I said, hold your, it's after midnight. This is going on. I couldn't sleep. So she puts her hand up on the door and I said, okay, that's the height of your face. I could do it. I could do it. If I didn't have these pants on, I could. And Cindy, and Cindy was like, you look so stupid, man. I was like the, I was giving her the, man, I was giving her the old karate kid. Made me so mad that she said, I can't do anything. You can't do that. You know what, folks? Satan loves to come and say, you can't do. You can't do. You can't do this. It's never going to be the same. You can't do this. Look around you. Look around and you start, well, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you, maybe we, oh, and we start taking inventory and we forget. And we forget that when we have whatever we have, plus what God has, that something great could happen. Something wonderful could happen. Folks, don't let Satan tell us that as a church, and this, is, this isn't even the Sunday morning crowd. This is the Sunday night crowd. This is the, this is the cream of the crop. And you know what? Sometimes we look around and we think, we, we don't have much. We've got a lot. And you put, Jesus put a little, you had, they had a little with Jesus and it was a lot. What would happen? We've we got a lot in Jesus. Folks, I want to encourage you tonight. God wants to use us. God wants to take the little that we have and make it into something great. But we got to start believing him. Don't get bogged down in the inventory and forget what God can do. Okay? And I'll do the same. How about that? Let's all stand. Yes, Brietta. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rayetta. Let let's stand and let me pray for you tonight. You know what I'd like to do? I'd like for us to just come around the altar. And just stand around the altar. And I want you to put your hand on the back of the person in front of you. And we're going to pray for each other. And I'm going to... I'd like to be saved and baptized. Be a member of the National Church.
Did you hear? Did you hear Floyd? He said, "I want to." He said, "I want to be baptized, and I want to become a member of your church, a member of the Nazarene Church." We'll we'll get that figured out. And I'm gonna. I want. I want us to. Let's all gather around Floyd. Okay. I'm gonna pray pray for Floyd, but I'm gonna pray for the Floyds that are out there, people that need to come and and need to come and be part of our church. Amen. This time last year, Floyd wasn't here. All right? And there's a whole bunch of Floyds out there somewhere. Yeah. Okay? Amen. Amen. And it made, the church has made a difference in your life, hasn't Amen. it, Floyd? Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. pray. Father, we love you so much tonight. And Father, we want to pray for each person, the people that we've got our hands on. And we've got our hands on their back tonight, Father. And we're a church. And we're family. And Father, right now we're... We're hurting. It's, it's a good hurt, but it's still hurt. And we look at where we've been and where we're at, and it's, and Father, it's easy to get bogged down. But, Father, we need to look and see that when we have what we have, no matter how little or how much, when we add it to what you have, Father, it always ends up being a lot And so, Father, we ask that over these next few weeks, as we head into this time of outreach, Father, I pray that you would encourage our hearts. Help us to help us to see what you would have happen, Father. Not what not not adding up and saying, well, this is probably all that's going to happen. Father, help us to pray for your uh, will to happen, for your idea, for your uh, imagination to just break free on on Marshfield. Father, you you may have just something more than we could ever imagine. Father, we we want that. We want whatever you have imagined for us over this next few weeks. Father, maybe you've got uh, more people than we could ever imagine that you want to feed on that day, and you will provide. We know you can. Amen. And so, Father, I pray, Father, for all the Floyds out there, Father, who are not part of a church right now, but, Father, this time next year will be part of our church. And, Father, we thank you for Floyd, and I pray that you would just touch him and bless him. Father, as he has said that he has given his heart to the Lord, Father, and he seeks to be baptized, I pray, Father, that that, uh, you would just make that happen. And, Father, that we would join him and, and be his church. And, Father, we thank you for those who will come and be like him. Father, each one of us was lost, and you brought us in. And, Father, I pray tonight that you would help us to believe in what you can do. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.